DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. During the break, people uh, tweeting at us about what they watched last night. R2DT says he watched 60 Minutes, and it was incredible how they used AI technology for Holocaust survivor interviews. Incredible tech. I guess I should have been watching something deeper. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Well, this is all like incredible tech, AI technology, how does the world work? And I'm over here watching some made of character spread rumors about another made of character. And then I'm watching stuff about 40-year-old golf. Oh, well, everybody needs a little escapism. What the heck? Sure. Go with that. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's what some of television is there for. It's entertainment. That's what entertainment is. So I wondered how much I was uh, out of step with our listening public here, PK. Have you watched The Office? Now, we watch a lot of games. That's my excuse. Maybe it's my reason. Maybe it's both. I had seen, like I said, five, maybe ten episodes of The Office. Usually I would come home and my daughter would be watching it a lot of times with my wife. And so that's most of what I had seen of it. Uh, We don't have very many... We don't have very many votes in right now. We're only like uh, 30 votes in, so this may not tell us much. It may change as more people vote. But if you go to Twitter, I got the poll up. If you watch The Office, 6% say nope. 12% are right where I was about a month ago, uh, a couple episodes. About 10% says a lot of them, but and it's early, but about 70% of our audiences say, love it, I've seen every episode. Does that surprise you a little bit that our audience is that into it? Great. I'm just catching up. Uh, maybe 70%. Uh, maybe might be a little bit high, but obviously it's an acclaimed show. And you know it's an acclaimed show if you haven't watched it, but yet you know about it. Right. It's true. Or if you're also quoting it in everyday life as well. Hey, you haven't watched it and you do quote it? I do. How do you know to quote it if you haven't watched The it? certain amount of episodes I've seen, there have been quotes or something from that that I've, I've pulled from. My daughter has a thing with the show where they're cold opens. Like, sometimes they have something to do with the plot of the show, and then sometimes they're just standalone. And so she is always about, you know, where a cold open ranks. And so, and she knows them all. You know, this is one of the top ten cold opens. She would argue with about it, PK. She could, she could totally get in there and just... Let it go. All right. We're going to let it go right now. DJ and PK, it's time to bring in Tim Lacombe. Utah Jazz Radio Studio Analyst. Used to be on the BYU and Utah basketball staffs. Tim, good morning. Good morning, you you 18-year colleagues and associates. I was shocked when I saw that number. <laughs> you were shocked we've been doing it that long? Yeah, just <laughs> pretty amazing stuff right there, isn't it? I mean, I, you've been in the same room all that time, knowing the backstory like I do, you know? <laughs> it's just, it's a, it's a great story. I think it should be made for TV, Lifetime or some TLC or something like that. You've literally sat in the room if these walls could talk, right? Yeah, and for the right price, particularly right now, I'll speak, I'll, I'll speak loudly and proudly. Somebody will pay me for my story. <laughs> Always the cash. Always the cash with me. But any anyway, no. What I want to know. Congrats. That's really, really cool. What do you Two think guys Big I didn't Rick like would at one say? Point. Now I really like you guys. lasted 18 years. 
18 years. Freaking amazing. I tweeted about you guys. I said, you're like the, uh, you're like the odd couple, which is not far from the truth. We, we, ca- we care a lot what you think, but we really care what Big Rick thinks. Yeah. Um, well, I wonder what he would say. Let me think about that for a second. Maybe he'll make an appearance. <laughs> okay, all right. You work on that. Uh, we... I just like to break into him, you know? <laughs> Did you ever do Big Rick to Rick? Probably not, huh? No, no. <laughs> he, uh, he, threatened, he threatened me pretty good for having heard that I was doing it and basically said, if you ever do that again, I'll break your neck. <laughs> um, and that was pretty much the end of that conversation. <laughs> he said it with love, of course. I mean, there was no malice. But you took him seriously nonetheless. Oh, yeah. It was kind of, you know, I'm a big fan of the mafioso. And when the cop, capo speaks, you, uh, you kind of stand down or else you go for a ride in the car. And I didn't want to go for a ride in the car. Um, I just kind of stood down. Sleep with the fishes. We do want to talk to you about the, the headline of the day, and that is uh, Devin Kafusi uh, played two years at BYU, 12 tackles, uh, 25 games, limited role there. He is transferring to the U, which on the surface struck me as a little curious because we know Utah has a lot of good defensive linemen. Now, they do like to play too deep and play eight guys, keep them fresh, wear down an offensive line over the course of a game. But still, they're so good that when you start looking at their sixth, seventh, and eighth guys, they tend to be young guys on their way up who may not be NFL guys today but are going to be by the time they're done. And so it's hard. If you're having a hard time getting playing time anywhere else, BYU in this case, but if you have a hard time getting somewhere else, the thought that you're going to go to Utah and get on the field, man, you got to be really good at playing Utah's D-line. And the football side of it aside, how much tension is there between the programs when someone transfers, and how different is it now that it's Pac-12 and independent as opposed to when it was Mountain West, Mountain West? Because we were trying to redo the timeline, and we're, we're pretty sure that you had a uh, front-row seat when, say, Trent Whiting moved from Utah to BYU, and probably remember the emotion around that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely emotional. It's funny because I, I, made, you know, I made the move just from a coaching standpoint, um, and there was there were literally people on both sides that you know a fraction of people on both sides that took a while for the BYU people to really warm up for me. It took a long time for Utah people to be okay with the fact that I was working there. Um, and it's just funny, you know, the dynamic that exists. But I agree with you. I think that that Utah stacked. And um, but the one thing typically those Kafusi kids get better with age. Um, you know. At least the experience we had coaching Bronson and Corbin, and then kind of watching Bronson and Corbin uh, develop as players. You know, I think Bronson was probably the most ready-made guy right out of the gates. Um, but I think Devin's a little built a little bit more like Corbin. I think Cor- took Corbin, and you know, through his two years, I think after his sophomore year, he started seeing some some real. Um, and it probably coincided with him playing less basketball. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it is it, – the one the person I feel the worst for is the kid, you know, that, that makes that decision because it, they're going through some stuff on both sides for sure. 
so since you worked at both schools, which school has the better people? Um, you know, I actually took a satellite program at Kinahan University, which was a spinoff. Um, I guess they bought this university out of bankruptcy, and it was just a straight communications PR firm that I worked for. And the communication portion of it was awesome. The PR was a nightmare because they try to get you to say things you didn't want to say, you know, and ask questions that led to witness and stuff like that. So I would say Kinahan University is probably my favorite. So follow-up then, was, was Jeff Judkins a better human being when he worked at Utah or at BYU? <laughs> hard, to, hard, to be a, hard to be a better guy than Juddy. Um, we used to joke all the time, the old show coach, like if Dauber were to be personified. Yeah, Dauber. Being, <laughs> I knew you were going there. <laughs> Juddy was, was Dauber, man. And uh, he, he just had these quirky little Juddy things. I'll give you one quick one. I was I was rooming with him at the University of Utah years back. In fact, it was when we were playing the first round of the NCAA tournament. We were playing Iona in Dallas. I think was the school we drew. Am I right on that, PK? Iona and then Iowa State. I think was the was the route that year. Yeah, yeah, in Dallas, exactly. Yeah, and, Ke- and Keith was and sick for the uh, Keith was sick, Iona game. Right. Yeah. So we're sitting in the room, and Juddy's just befuddled over the fact that Keith's sick. He just can't understand it, you know. And we're getting ready to go down to shoot around. He goes, I go to turn the TV off. He goes, what are you, energy conscious? Leave the TV on. That's kind of Majerus, too. That's what I do. He said, leave the TV on, then the maid will think you're in here. (laughs) Won't come steal your money. (laughs) 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 Just just the way his mind works. Oh my goodness! I mean, I I seriously have thousands of stories about people that just their little quirks. But Juddy, man, I don't know that he could be a better person either place. I think he's just as good a person as you all ever meet. I'll second. And I like to make you guys laugh. This is good. Juddy story. You are a tough crowd. Sometimes I'll get on here and they could just be radio science. So I'm dang, I got to step on my game. Well, Tim, uh, what do you think of Joe Biden getting the uh, looking like he's going to get the nomination here for the Democratic Party? <laughs> Number one, <laughs> just put a list together like Joe would do. I'm just excited to see this. I mean, once we get through all this craziness, if we ever do, I hope we do. Um, I mean, all we need right now is Sonny and Cher playing on the radio. Every morning I wake up, I feel like it's Groundhog Day. Um, <laughs> but Joe Biden, Joe Biden is a fine, sleepy Joe, sleepy Joe will be fine. He's a good man. Um, Joe, Yeah, Joe's a, uh, he's a list maker, though, if you watch his tendencies. He loves to throw lists together with numbers one, two, and three. He's always going to solve a problem with a list. Just an observation. Tim Lacombe joining us here, uh, radio studio studio analyst and uh, former BYU and Utah basketball staffer. So we've got a 
a feature we just started here a couple days ago. What'd you watch last night? Because usually the answer is, well, I watched the Jazz play, right? Or I watched on a Thursday night, whatever the big game is on uh, on TNT. It's pretty predictable what our viewers watch. They watch whatever the biggest game was. They watched the Utes, the Cougars, and the Jazz. But now we don't have that. So, Tim, what'd you watch last night? Um, got home, flipped on the coronavirus briefing. That's always good entertainment. Um, and then had an awesome dinner in the park. We actually did a little picnic in the park, my wife and daughter and I. Um, and one of the cool things that's come out of this is my daughter, she's for 13 or 14, she's never really thrown baseball with a mitt. You know, I kind of skipped over her, so we've kind of refined that skill. So we did that and came home, and I am headfirst into Better Call Saul. So I'm finishing up season two right now, and that was my evening. I've, I watched a couple of those. You guys watch Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad or any of that stuff? I don't not see the uh, Breaking Bad, uh, yeah, but not the the other one. Okay, it's just a spinoff of Breaking Bad, yeah. It's a story about the attorney. So, yeah, watching that, watched that last night. But I've been through story of Gordon Monson with the Tigers, Tiger King. Um, <laughs> and, and then I've seen, uh, I've watched the Ozark from start to finish season Ooh. three. <laughs> so other than that, um, that's been my TV stuff. But I'm missing... I actually pulled up an old BYU, a Florida game the other night that we we won in 2010, 2000. It was a year when Mike Lloyd went berserk in the tournament, but I watched some of that. It was fun. All right, Tim. We six points, yeah. Yeah. Tim, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for checking in uh, on our anniversary week, our birthday week. Uh, hey, hey, one more thing, you know. Uh, you know, I really happy birthday, and I'm sorry we came through. You know, a big party, everybody would be there. Uh, you know, but I, I will get a cake, an ice cream cake for you when I can when I can get it, and we'll have it together, okay? <laughs> okay, thanks, Big Rick. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, Did, goodbye. Tim LeCombe, Utah Jazz Radio Studio Analyst and a former BYU and Utah basketball staff. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Craig Bowlerjack joins us today. 30, Joe Ingles is at 9 o'clock. Hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK on Twitter. David DJ James, you got questions for Joe Ingles. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Texas A&M Chancellor John Sharp said Wednesday officials believe a full season could be possible even if the start of the season is delayed until October because of COVID-19. Former BYU defensive lineman Devin Kafusi announced his commitment to transfer to play for Utah. He had 15 tackles in 25 games over two seasons at BYU. Chicago Bulls are hiring the Denver Nuggets GM as the franchise's new executive vice president of basketball operations. Utah Jazz GM Justin Zanuck had reportedly interviewed for the job this week. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Syringa Networks. Syringa Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. 
This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Kurt Heelan. On a scale of 1 to 10 in your confidence in the NBA season, coming back and finishing out even regular season or not regular season, but crowning a champion yeah. for this season. 1 through 10, Kurt. 6. Well, I want to be more confident than that. There's a lot of optimism and hope around the league, but look, even if you shrunk this down to just the playoff teams in the NBA, you need thousands of tests to make this work. You can't take those away from the areas of need right now. So there has to be enough tests out there that are accurate, quick. And by the way, we've got so many of them, we can afford to spend a couple thousand on sports. That's the major hurdle. And then if they get there, then suddenly some of the other logistics, as awkward as they are, get closer to falling in line. Catch Hans and Scotty every day. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Joe Ingles is going to join us coming up at 9 o'clock. We've got uh, got a chance for you to go to Facebook, DJ and PK, or to Twitter, David DJ James. Questions for Joe Ingles. Leave your questions there on Twitter at David DJ James or DJ and PK, and we'll hit Joe up with, uh, with some of your questions. PK, we continue to get a lot of reaction to the uh, Devin Kafusi transferring from BYU to Utah story. story. And Tyson says, Whittingham will not stop until he has completely dismantled his alma mater. He must hate those calls asking for money donations to the school. (laughs) Now, I got rid of those because I got rid of my landline. They can't track your cell phone? Or they haven't yet anyway? I don't think so. Or, but maybe they have, but I don't think so because if I have all the numbers programmed in, and as most people do, and if I don't recognize the number, if it says unknown number or potential spam, I don't answer it. Right. But yeah, there was a time there uh, went with the landline. I swear it was like three times a week that they would they would call you. And I kept telling them, you go to the Rose Bowl again, and I'll give you the 10 bucks like I did in 86 and 96. <laughs> At a kid. Significant donation. Yeah. I, 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 don't know, uh, I don't know how hard UCSB is working at this or if my uh, a couple of quick moves in the early 90s, but I lost them in the early 90s. I haven't heard from them for decades. So. And you have a landline? I'm skating. Yeah, yeah, and I certainly had one in the 90s when they lost me. Yeah. One day there'll be a building that has Sniggledorf's name on it. <laughs> it seems unlikely. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to bring in the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowlerjack. Bowler, good morning. Hey, guys. How are you? We're doing well. We're doing well. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Hey, hey. I just uh, congratulations again. Uh, I didn't realize until I read your tweet, 18 years together? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're Hawkeye and Trapper, man. You're Robin. You're, you're Batman and Robin. Yeah, Hawkeye and Trapper. Didn't they only do like two two or three seasons of MASH together? I don't think we're Hawkeye and Trapper. Yeah, but when Trapper. you think of them, though, when you think of them, though, you only think of them as together, as one. You know, DJ PK. I mean, it's just kind of the same. It comes just the same friendship. How many seasons did Stockton and Malone play together? Was it 19? Yeah. Yeah. You got one more to go. <laughs> <laughs> The PK gets traded to the Lakers, or, or, or decides to decide free agent, whatever. <laughs> free agent. Right? Bet, that's, that's quite a run, you guys. Congratulations. I'd bet on Phoenix more than LA for PK. Phoenix, yeah, yeah. I would too. I would yeah. too. Yes, the Sun Devil. 
I think we're, I think we're more of uh, Norm and Cliff from Cheers. Ah. <laughs> I like that. That's a good okay, one. Okay, but see, here's the thing: is he gives me the worst traits of both guys. <laughs> I got I got the trivia from Cliff Clavin, but I'm a big dude like Norm. My Norm. You either got to be the annoying trivia guy, or you got to be the big guy. Well, if you're Batman or Robin, you're both. You know, kind of like you're dressed in some interesting clothes. So. <laughs> you know, but, but you are superheroes, so take your pick. Yeah, maybe on the costumes twenty years ago, but not now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Bowler, you've been doing uh, you've been doing some classic jazz games and all that. Uh, explain to people because we do this feature, and we'll get to you in a second. You know, what did you watch last night? Because normally yeah. we watch whatever the big game was. We watch a jazz game. We watch a, a big NBA game on TNT or ESPN. Uh, you know, it's Utes Cougars jazz. It's pretty predictable. It's really different now, obviously. But I know there's still some jazz games out there, and some people probably aren't up to speed on this. So explain when they're on and what you do with them and how it works. Well, we've got uh, we j- our, our ninth game that we just completed was the bogey game winner against the Bucks this year. It was uh, November eighth, and uh, kind of recapping, reliving uh, Bogdanovich's big game that night. And I thought it was the one that kind of really it was early in the season and gave I think all of us a feel for what Bogey was going to bring to the Jazz as a compliment to Donovan as a scorer. Uh, what's coming up next? We've got a couple more on the schedule, and I'm I'm hoping more to come as we continue on through this journey together. But uh, we'll recap uh, coming up on Saturday night uh, the win this year. Also, just a few months back, um, Rudy's block that was a bit controversial against Dallas. And then we'll uh, wrap up this uh, first round of games with another Bogdanovich winner uh, against Houston back in February. So uh, it's been kind of fun. Thurl and I, uh, we've had other broadcast members join us, Mike Smith, David Locke, Kristen Kenny, Alema, um, and Matt was there for one stop. And so it's kind of interesting to get everybody's perspective on how they saw the game and also just updating <clears throat> how everybody is kind of getting through this this stay home, stay safe uh, situation that we're all in together. But I'm just glad we're showing some jazz basketball and reliving, reliving some some fun moments. Uh, even Donovan Mitchell's uh, career game, uh, 46. Uh, so it's, it's, it's been fun. A couple of rookie games for Donovan during the early parts of the, of the jazz playback. But it's good. It's fun. Uh, Facebook. You'll see the uh, the replay or the uh, the pregame as we call it, and then AT and T Sportsnet uh, at seven o'clock. We'll uh, replay those games on certain nights. So we can recall those Bogdanovich game winners. They were both exciting. You know, one was great, and the other one was even greater down in Houston. And so you look at what this team needed, and one of the things it needed was a big, bigger man who could shoot, and certainly he's provided that. And you're constantly always building your roster. It's never a finished product. And if it is, it's for a short time, and then you got to do it again in the case of the Warriors. Well, 
looking at the Jazz with Bogdanovich and how he's been, his skill set was much needed. Do you still think as they continue to build this, they need another big man who can shoot? Yeah, I think you make a great point that it's always uh, it's always a fluid situation with any team in the NBA. What other piece, what other player will take us to not only you know to the next level? That next level, obviously, for every team is different, you know, than some. I mean, but the ultimate goal is to win an NBA championship. So you, you break it down and you look at the pieces that you need, and yeah, I think that'd be another another piece uh, that. Uh, can rebound, can do some post-up play at times, and then also uh, with step-back, you know, uh, ability too. You know, where do you find those players? Or you know, it's they're they're far and few between. But it's also PK. I think you know what t- particular player could fit in you know the Quinn Snyder system as well. And the Jazz have obviously decided to be a three-point shooting club and playing at the rim. So. Uh, the big or the, the backup guy or whoever would play multiple positions, potentially a three, four, or five, uh, yeah, would have to have some ability to play at the rim as well. So, you know, that's, that's a big, tall order to fill. But, you know, the Jazz are in the constant look, uh, looking around the league, trying to find what works and what wouldn't. Jordan Clarkson, obviously, you know, thinking of what works. Uh, picking him up in that trade for Dante from the Cavaliers, they dropped him in, and just he went off and running in his in his role, and that's that's doesn't happen all that often. So uh, that was a home run in that regard of just finding a player that felt comfortable in the system. So I still think system plays a a big part in that decision on who uh, who actually would would fit, and sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, and the Jazz have had to make some tough decisions this year based on on that uh, basically not playing at davis and and releasing uh, jeff green but sometimes you take chances doesn't work other times you hit a home run like in jordan clarkson and i'm sure the jazz are always are on the lookout exactly for that that next piece so I think a couple things. One, uh, yes, everybody wants guys who can shoot, especially guys who have size and can shoot. Right. But I'm in addition to that, and I think that hunt just goes on and that doesn't change. But I'm curious, the game keeps reinventing itself. And, you know, is there a place if down the line there's someone who has a skill set who's kind of like Shaq or kind of like Kareem, uh, there was a point in both of their careers where they were unstoppable. And so does someone come along like that? I mean, the, the, we know what the game is like now, but we know the game doesn't stay the same. Now, you got to factor in rules changes, change the game sometimes too, whether it's a three-point shot or it's getting rid of the uh, allowing zone defense and getting rid of that illegal defense rule. So those changes impact it, but sort of the skill level of the best players, what kind of player – could change the way the game is being played now just because of their outrageous talent? Well, it could be Zion if he stays healthy. I thought at one time it may be Yao Ming, um, you know, but he got hurt, and so did Zion early. I mean, you have to have some luck to survive uh, in this in any professional sports. Uh, knees, um, you know, I think of Brandon Roy and uh, Derek Rose, uh, there's, you know, guys who were so highly touted and highly skilled, but uh, injuries step in and, and slow them down or knock them out of the league. You know, there's a few guys, as you as all of us know, come in and change the face of this game. And I'm just wondering out loud what you guys think, 
I wonder if the league is before us changing because of the three-point line and the fact is it going smaller. And what I mean by that is I see more and more teams that seem to put, you know, the guard line in, you know, the 6'3", 6'5", but there's a lot of 6'8", 6'9", guys with incredible athleticism uh, that can run the floor, uh, that can finish, and also hit the three. And it seems to me speed also is becoming more evident in the NBA as well. So athletic, a little smaller, Perhaps it's all, as you said, DJ. It's changing, and it'll change back one day. There'll be a guy uh, that's going to be able to dominate, uh, you know, with size. Dirk changed the game at seven as a seven footer because he had outside that outside shot. And obviously, Giannis has changed the game. Shaq changed it with power. Giannis has done it with with finesse and incredible athleticism. Uh, but the rest of the league is kind of looking at the three ball uh, a lot. Anson play at the rim. Obviously, that's what the Jazz with Rudy do. Uh, but it's it really is fascinating to watch, and it does and it changes quick, much quicker than I than I expected. It's been a couple of three years, and we've seen a, I think a, a really big change in how the league is uh, is going right now. Yeah, when DJ asked that question, it's funny because I was thinking, well, that's what Zion is, and you went right to him in your immediate response. So my line of thinking is those types of players growing up will end up being able to be versatile and step back. It's like the point guard now. I brought up this theory a couple of days ago. I don't think a player like a Jacques Vaughn would exist as a first-round draft choice now because he wasn't known as a shooter and maybe even Rubio because in order to play that position, you have to be able to shoot now. And if you can't play that, if you can't shoot, then you're not going to play that position. You just can't be someone who comes up and dribbles and passes. You know, Stockton did it so well, but we know full well that he could shoot. And if he played today, my guess is that he would have fewer assists, but he'd have way more points because he would be required. And obviously he was capable enough to make the shot. So the man, yeah, it may not be the traditional big man that we saw in uh, Moses Malone, Olajuwon, whoever you want to go down and name. and But that player will exist because he'll be able to step out sort of like a Brooke Lopez did in yeah. his earlier part of his NBA career. He wasn't taking threes at all. And then the three-pointer developed into an, a, a must-have weapon right as he was in the middle of his career. So what did he do? He adapted. So I think going forward, we'll be seeing these types of players be able to step out so that's where the big man will function being able to all be down low but also being able to step out yeah totally agree and what happens too is as younger players grow uh, and play in the AAU system and into college for their one short year most of them you're right because what they're watching now is how they see their stars their favorite players play and they'll adapt their games, and the coaches also will see what the league needs. And those t- those players who actually have the ability to step outside are going to obviously rise at the top. And again, jump into college for a year, and then jump into the NBA or 
uh, go overseas, however it works out. But you're right. It's a, it's a constant uh, moving, you know, kind of a moving piece. And you're right about Stockton, too. I, I remember the day was we got to get a playmaker in here. That was kind of the, you know, the, the, the phrase of the day. Uh, we got to have a playmaker and deliver the ball to the right guys. But I think everybody now in the league's got to be a playmaker themselves. Look at Joe Ingles. I mean, he's a playmaker, but a three-point shooter as well. And, and Stockton, you're right. I, I really think he is – I'm not trying to – just because he played for the Jazz, but Stockton was a real special player. He would have adapted because he did have the ability to hit the big shot and he had good three-point range. The, the assist, absolutely, PK, would be down. But his scoring would be up because that's just the role he'd have to take running the show. And he probably – would would be another first round pick, maybe even higher, uh, if he showed that that ability uh, during his days at Gonzaga. So, really, is intriguing conversation. But again, the word is it's the evolution of basketball is right before us, and uh, we're watching it. And it's interesting to see how it's going to continue on. Uh, is it really going to go small ball? Does the three continue to dominate, or does another guy like Zion, even bigger, come in and dominate the game? with power inside and out. Got to be able to move, no matter how big you are. You got to be able to move, because they will yeah, put speed. you in a pick yeah, and roll. Yeah, you got to be agile. Feet, yeah. feet, everything, yeah. All right, Bowler, we got to run. We appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for checking in. Guys, good to hear from you. Congrats again on the anniversary. Uh, you know, stay together. I know you guys bicker at times, but it'll, it'll work <laughs> out, I promise. <laughs> Thank you, Bowler. All right, guys. All right. Okay. Uh, there's Craig Bullerjack coming up, 9 o'clock hour. 9 o'clock, we got Joe Ingles. He's about 15 minutes away. Vic Suoto, USC defensive line coach, a former BYU football player, will join us at 9.30 right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. It's time to showcase those that are helping all of us through these difficult times. This is a partner profile on the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, we are joined now by Zach Bradley. Zach is the president of Zia Active. Zach, good morning. DJ, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. So I guess you should start out with who and what is Zia Active? <laughs> so Zia Active, um, we're a local-based company. Uh, we started about three years ago, back in 2017. We're an activewear company. Um, we've got a women's line that's very strong. We've got some kids stuff. We've got a men's line that's starting very strong. We've been the official sponsor of the Utah Jazz Dancers for the last two years, which has been an amazing relationship. We've obviously missed the Jazz games, as everybody has. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of who we are. All right, so what are you able to do now in these troubled times because your business wants to keep going? Well, yeah, I mean, for us, we our business model is a little bit different. Um, as an activewear company, We when we first started, it was a little bit, you know, we didn't want to do storefronts. We didn't want to, you know, put all of that investment there. We, we decided to go with a direct sales business model, which means that we 
have a number of what we call reps or small business owners that go out and sell our clothing. Um, at this point, throughout North America, we have about 25,000 different small business owners or reps who are out there um, that sell our clothing. You know, it's been interesting, especially during this last month, um, you know, everybody's wanted to be outside more. They're working out more. They're in home more. It's a lot of in-home workouts or you're just kind of out hiking or outside. Um, but our whole business model was getting those small business owners, whether it's a stay-at-home mom, whether it's somebody that works full-time, but they can do this a couple hours a week. But it's, it's a little bit different business model, which has helped us um, to kind of get to more people, to reach more people throughout the country. So is this more, uh, you know, sweats for people who are jogging when the weather is iffy, or is this more, you know, workout gear because you, uh, you know, you got some video thing you're following uh, and you're working out at home in a family room or something? What? Who are you talking about? a little about? bit of everything. That's a great question. It's a little bit of everything. We do um, a lot of active wear, so you've got your, you know, high-intensity stuff. So if you're out jogging, if you're doing CrossFit, if you're running, um, anything and everything in terms of active wear. But we have um, our athleisure line, which is more your joggers, jackets, hoodies for men and women. So both sides, we've got a little bit of everything. But obviously, um, probably the active wear is where we focus a little bit more on you know our clothing but again we've got a little bit of everything at this point so then people for all ages too absolutely yeah kids boys girls men women uh teenagers we've got a little bit of everything so uh how do you find the reps in the community do they find you how does that work yeah, and that's, I think, where kind of during this hard time where it's, it's been kind of beneficial is um, with all of these different reps or, you know, small business owners that we have throughout the country, throughout North America, throughout the U.S. and Canada. Um, you know, it's been very interesting to see over the last few weeks because I think just like everybody, there was so much unknown on what would happen. We had a lot of calls from our reps like, hey, you know, how is this going to affect us? Where, where are we going to be? And the nice thing is, is... Um, you know, where as a company where we pay our reps, where they, you know, they'll sell the clothing or they'll find people or the people will find them and kind of buy the clothing off of them um, or from them. We pay commissions every month on that. And what we were able to do this last month, um, as we've kind of seen this, it's been interesting to see this active where it's actually kind of grown because so many people are at home working out. I've actually tried to go and kind of build my in-home gym more than I had in the past. I go to Amazon, eBay, online, and you cannot find dumbbells anywhere. You can't find any weights for in-home. You can't find anything to buy because so many people are, you know, at home, stuck, quarantined. And so they're like, okay, well, what can I do? I can work out. And so for us, it's been, in that sense, kind of beneficial where our business hasn't been affected there. But what we've done to kind of help the rest um, is we've kind of taken those the commission we pay out or what we pay our reps. And we actually gave them a bonus this last month, um, an extra 10% to everybody. And what we asked everybody to do is take that money and spend it in their community with a small business, whether it's a restaurant to go get some takeout, whether it's, you know, online piano lessons, or if it's somebody that just needs a little bit more. And so it's been amazing to see kind of how that community, how our community from Zaya has been able to go out, whether it's in New York, whether it's in Texas, whether it's here locally in Utah, that extra money that they've been able to put in. We're, we want to be able to help the economy however we can. Um, I think Mark Cuban was talking about it the other day. It's that trickle-up effect. We want to take that money from our reps where maybe we've been 
we've had a little bit more um, than we other companies, or we've had a little bit more success than other companies during this hard time. And with that, we put it right back into the economy. We're trying to help the economy. We're trying to help other small businesses with that money um, to give it back to the people that really need it. I mean, I've got two kids now who have never taken art lessons in their life, and they're taking Zoom calls twice a week to get art lessons. Whatever we can do to help those small businesses out there, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to continue to do that until um, – you know, this ends or it gets better. Uh, what about for people who swim? You do swimwear, too, as part of all this activewear? Yeah, we do. We've got women's swimwear. We've got men's swimwear. We don't have any kids' swimwear yet, but we've got um, swimsuits for both men and women. All right. So, uh, Zach, why don't you hit us up, uh, whether it's a phone, a web address, how can people who are listening to this want to get in touch with you? How do they do it? Absolutely. Zyaactive.com or Instagram, Facebook, um, social media is a huge presence for us. Um, you can actually go through, I think, the utahjazz.com website to the Utah Jazz Dancers. They've got some info right there as well. But again, Instagram is probably the easiest way or Facebook. But again, Zyaactive.com um, and all the contact information is there for us. Zach Bradley, president of Zaya Active. Zach, thanks for a few minutes. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. DJ and PK, we got Joe Ingles coming up next. Stay with us.